Hewler and Motes are on the air. This is the Steelers Blitz on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. SNR, Steelers Nation Radio. on Steelers Nation Radio. It is high noon on a Monday afternoon. That can only mean one thing. It's time to go inside the electric factory here on your 24-7 home of the black and gold. It's the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Motes. Between the two of us, we have got a decade of NFL experience and a really good head of hair. It's up to you to figure out the rest. But what you should know by now is when you want to complain today, I'm not even going to say if you want to join in on the conversation because I already know you guys have beef. We'll take your questions, your comments, your concerns, and your reactions to kissing your sister yesterday against the Detroit Lions at Heinz Field on Twitter, at Wesley Euler, at Body 52 Body. What's up, cousin? I'm feeling good, man. How about you? I mean, I am feeling good. You know, I think you and I do a pretty good job, but we never get too high. We never get too low. Yeah. We don't let the results affect us can't do that baby man that was uh, (laughs) a an interesting one yesterday to say the least but it's a monday we're alive i get to do this thing chop this up with you on the air here so i am relatively i am good yes absolutely and it's not like it was a still as lost yesterday so how could you not be feeling down can i can i place an over under right now let me ask you actually Uh over under let's go five and a half times today on the show that I say after that loss to the Lions or after that loss to Detroit, yeah. that I call it a loss, Arthur Motes. I'm going to say over under five and a half times today on the show. What do you got? I'm a homer, so I'm going to say under for you because I believe in your professionalism. I believe in your dedication. I believe in your attention to detail. <laughs> so talk about this loss to the Lions, please, man. What's going on here, bro? You know what's funny? As soon as I tweeted out our preview tweet like I always do, I I sent it, and then like 20 seconds later, I was like, wait a second. Did I say in that tweet reacting to the Lion, to yesterday's loss? <laughs> I had to double check and make sure that I that I called it a tie, that I called it a draw in the tweet because it, in a lot of ways, does feel like a loss. Um, and I'm sure uh, for those of you at Heinz Field yesterday, maybe even more so, whew, in the pouring down rain, the Steelers find a way I almost did it. I almost said find a way to lose to the Lions. They find a way to not win against the Lions. A lot of miscues. Um, Some crucial injuries. Some crucial decisions by the officiating. A pair of crucial fumbles. Man, doesn't that feel like a theme over the last couple seasons. We will get to that today. Um, Just everything going wrong. And... (laughs) Like I said, some injuries to boot, to add insult to everything that happened. Arthur Motes, where do you want to begin today? Uh, we were very optimistic that we would be sitting here. The Steelers would be 6-3, and three, uh, tied with that record for the Ravens, but through the tiebreakers, first place in the AFC North. 
Uh, they didn't lose Arthur Motes yesterday, mm-hmm. but uh, they sure didn't take care of business either. Where are you at? What's your most uh, prevailing reaction to everything that transpired uh, just about 24 hours ago on the North Shore? I mean, minus the actual results of not technically winning, right? You didn't lose, but not having the win. Outside of that result, I was fine because, number one, we knew that this team has already been a flawed team, and that's them at full strength. Now you're talking about a game coming in where you don't have Chase Claypool. We said we didn't know the full extent of Najee's availability, and then you throw that in with 24 hours' notice, you find out your quarterback's not going to be playing as well. So as a whole, I thought that they responded extremely well. I thought that you look at how Mason came out finding out the night before that you're going to get the nod. I thought that he played well at times. I thought he was inconsistent at times, but as a whole – I just I thought that the team minus their self-inflicted wounds, I thought that they were doing fine with all things considered. Now I was disappointed with the defense, hmm. especially the run defense and the tackling element of it, but as a whole with everything going on, it's not like we ever viewed well I haven't viewed this team as a perfect team. I think that they've been very flawed even going back to training camp. So when you throw in added variables, I still thought that as a whole, regardless of the Lions' record, yeah, man, they did what they needed to do. Now, when we talk about the end result being a tie, that to me is the most disheartening because it's like, man, at times they played well enough to win, but at times they also played well and uh, bad enough to lose. I mean, the funny story is that's kind of how you get these type of ties because they were playing like that and the Lions were playing like that as well. I thought that both teams did some good things and did some self-inflicted things as well, but as a whole, I didn't have this ultra negative vibe about the team after that game just because of everything I knew going into it. Hmm. It is hard for me to argue with that on the surface. Man, I will say, though, the, the way the game played out, like it, it, it's the National Football League. Even though they came into the game 0-8, the Detroit Lions are professionals. But, man, it, it felt like there was every opportunity there for the Steelers to win that game, to use a – uh, Thanksgiving reference, uh, you know, because the Lions always play mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. The turkey was on the table at Heinz Field at, I felt, many different points for the Steelers yesterday afternoon. And I know, granted, you could say the same thing about the Lions. The Lions had their shots, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why they're an 0-8 team is because most often they've not been capitalizing on those. I think we, you know, if we want the Steelers to separate themselves from the pack, we're hopeful that they're ob- able to make plays in that moment. But... I mean, Motsi, you're right. This is something we talked about last week. I can't remember if it was Monday or Wednesday, maybe, on the show. But kind of discussing how part of the reason that that we kind of hold back from being overly optimistic with this team, even in the face of you know what was a four-game win streak coming into yesterday, mm-hmm. is because they they lack some of that that killer instinct, that being buttoned up in crucial moments at times where they would have been able to put teams away or maybe take games over or even just have, um, like at times against Green Bay, real momentum-swinging plays that they were just fractions away from completing. The the teams who can take that next step forward, the teams that truly are you know elite Super Bowl contenders, have that trait and that's something that, again, even throughout the four-game win streak, we've we've seen the Steelers lack here. Mm-hmm. But I guess my rebuttal to that is, how is that the mentality that we're going to judge them on when they didn't even have the quarterback? 
QB one, right? It's not as if we've seen them well, switch I'm glad, quarterbacks. I'm glad actually you went there. Well, because it's not as if we've seen them switch quarterbacks right throughout the season. And even though on paper, statistically, I do think both performances by in terms of Mason's numbers versus what we've seen from Ben, especially during the winning streak, were on par. The only thing that I would say is a little bit different to me are the intangibles, the things that don't show up in the stat sheet in terms of the belief when you're in that huddle with Ben. It's a certain belief that goes with yeah, you've, that you've spoken versus that you being yeah. in a huddle with Mason. When you're on defense and you know you have been at quarterback, you feel a little bit more confident. You feel like you can take maybe a little bit more of a chance because you know you have somebody that's going to be able to overcome any type of adversity. Whereas I think with Mason, even though statistically he did, he did what he was supposed to do. He was on par with what we've been seeing from our quarterback play this season. Not the historical, because I know whenever we bring up Mason and we talk about him in the breath of Ben, it always goes to a historical context with Ben, but we grade Mason in the present. If we're talking about both of these quarterbacks this season, Mason's performance yesterday was right on par with what we've been seeing from Ben this season. So with that, the intangible things I do feel play a little bit more of a significant role when we're judging this team. That's a very good point. That and is that still doesn't that, count for the injuries either. Like I said, no Claypool. Hayden goes out. TJ goes out. Dotson goes out. Turner goes out. The list went on. Like, those are some of the other things where I'm just like, I don't know if it's necessarily for me if I can agree going, you know, with the mindset of, hey, man, we expect this team to be like this. But yesterday the performance was down here. Man, this team as a whole took a step back. I just don't think it was like that person. I completely agree with all that. I don't think it has to be mutually exclusive, though. Like, mm-hmm. I think you can agree with everything you just said and still still feel that they let one get – I mean, let one get away. Again, they tied. They didn't lose, but it right. feels like they, they let one get away but this, how morning, could, this but, afternoon. But I guess for me, it's different because I always stay in the middle, right? I'm always unbiased with this. But for the way that we hear people speak on the quarterback play, in particular, Mason – even prior to yeah, let, this let's game. Go, let's go there, yeah. So if everybody's under the assumption that we have this terrible quarterback well, in Mason Everyone tells Rudolph, us right? Mason is not. We, he's we've so heard that. He's training so camp, this, we he's get, so that, right? Most, we can talk about Mason Rudolph for 30 seconds yeah. during training camp, and we get three tweets right away from people saying, he ain't it, he ain't the guy. So if all of those things were the case, why shouldn't we be celebrating the fact that he led us to a tie? Because newsflash, of the two quarterbacks in the stadium yesterday, one is a $100 million quarterback, one is a quarterback on a $5 million deal. The $5 million quarterback outplayed the $100 million quarterback, and it wasn't close. I agree with you on that. So help me understand, you know what I mean, when we talk about hey. I think you're touching on it. The problem is, and if people disagree with us on this, I would love to hear from you I, calmly, irrationally. R- rationally, it's, sorry, you, not irrationally. You know it's overreaction calmly, Monday. Calmly, you, you rationally. Know you know we irrational on Mondays. Respectfully. Never if respectfully. Dis- if you disagree with Moats and I on this, tell us why. But And I think this adds to my, my frustration. I thought Mason played well enough for the Steelers to win yesterday. Mm-hmm. He was not perfect, but he was a he's a back like I I had two of my buddies over. I hope they're listening right now. They get a kick out of this. I had two of my buddies over yesterday to watch the game. Two of my friends hadn't met our our, our daughter Olivia yet. You know, had been w- looking for a time for them to come over, meet the baby. Uh, and I was like, why don't you guys come over for the Steelers game? We'll hang out. You know, you guys can meet Olivia, all that stuff. And and they're like yelling about Mason Rudolph at the end of the game to me, and I'm like, guys, he's a backup quarterback in the NFL. So let's do the math on this just real quick. How many teams in the NFL would we say right now need starting quarterbacks? Mm-hmm. Ten? Let's, Easily. Let's estimate ten. Easily, yeah. 
That means that we're saying off the top there's only 22 starting caliber quarterbacks in the NFL. Mm -hmm. That's less than there are teams. Like, I don't know what people expect from their back. Do you want your backup quarterback to be Nick Foles and come in at the end of this when your starter gets hurt and lead your team to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. Like, do you want her to be Jeff Hostetler and do that twice for the Giants back in the <laughs> 80s? Well, he can't because not everybody goes to WVU like Jeff Hostetler. Ah, here like, we go. That I mean, that's three examples I can think of off the top of my head. Like, backup quarterbacks are backups for a reason. You go 64 deep with your one with your two deep at quarterback in the NFL, and we think maybe 15 of those guys are franchise caliber. So what do you expect? Like you really think Mason is going to go out there and like and like Moses said, like we've seen Ben do so many times in the past when the chips are down, when nothing's going your way, find a way. That's just not realistic to ask from your backup quarterback, one that we kind of all talk about how we don't think he's the guy long term in the first place too. Like that to me is, I think maybe the most frustrating part of the draw of the tie of kissing your sister in the math yesterday, Arthur Motes, is I thought Mason Rudolph played well enough for the Steelers to win the game. I would agree. I thought he did. And the thing is this, I thought that he made clutch throws as well. We talk about in the uh, at the end of the game, especially in that overtime period, he hits the throws to Deontay. He hits the throw to Pat. The throw to Pat is perfect. It puts him right where he needs to be on the sideline. Get a fumble games away. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, how like, many times in the last four years have the Steelers fumbled games away? Like for me, I understand the reaction after the fact. Hindsight 2020. Why not kick the field goal 57 yarder with Boss? Well, you don't have to hit from 57 if Pat just holds him to the ball and gets out of bounds like he was set up to do. Now you're hitting from 40, from 47. Way easier. Or 52 man, maybe, you know Deontay what I mean? Like, just holds on to the ball there. I mean, what, you got it at the 35-40? You right. get one first down and it's a chip shot for boss. That, that, that's my thing. So I can't fault Mason, a guy who, if you're talking expectations, I'm probably higher on him than a lot of other people, and I'm not very high on him either. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> you are like, higher on him than most people are, and it's not like you're standing on the top of Mount not Everest. Not at all. I'm just, I just look at his performances. Like when we look at him, just unbiased, just at what he's doing. I didn't think that he was the issue yesterday. Like I said, was he perfect? No, not he's at a all. Backup. He played well enough for the Steelers to win. And and let's be real. When we're talking about backup quarterbacks, he's not even viewed as a higher no, he's end not. backup quarterback. He's not Case Keenum. He's not Nick saying? Foles. Like, he's not he's not Tyrod Taylor. Like it's certain quarterbacks that are higher end backups, guys that we view as fringe starters. I mean, some of these magic. Even some of these guys have Pro Bowls under. You talk about a guy like Tyrod. He's a Pro Bowl quarterback. Mm-hmm. Nick Foles. He's a Super Bowl MVP Teddy quarterback. Teddy Bridgewater's like, been a backup at points. It's, it's a little different yeah. with some of those type of guys. Hundred percent. So why is it? And that's just always been my biggest issue, right? Because if we're talking about this offense and it's been at quarterback, I feel like we view it with a different set of expectations. But we also, Absolutely. but we also have a different level of leniency that goes with Seven's play based on what he's done for us in the past. And all I'm saying is if we're going to have that same type of leniency when we view Seven in this season, not years ago, not last year, this season, if we're going to have leniency like that, well, we need to have that same exact mentality when we're great in Mason's performance. Because if not, it can't be that Mason was oh so horrendous yesterday but then in the same breath, Ben is, you know, ready to come back and keep playing them. Because to me, I thought that they were kind of on the same page. <laughs> Again, I Mason was not perfect. The interception was bad. 
There was that play in the end zone with Ray Ray McLeod where they but Mason shorted it and Ray yeah, Ray hit slipped. That. He has like, to hit that. Yeah. He's got it. But he's a backup quarterback, man. A five million dollar backup. I, quarterback. I also don't understand why that goal to go situation at the end and Najee Harris doesn't touch the ball. Like what? What are we doing there? Yeah, I, I'm more upset about that than than maybe one or two of the throws that the couple of uh, handful of the throws that Mason didn't make. Because, again, he's a backup quarterback. Give the ball to Najee three times. Give the ball to Najee four times and go for it if you don't get it on the first three. I just don't – again, and I do not want to make it seem uh, – we do not want to do this. We do not want to make it seem like Mason played a great game yesterday. And we are that's, not Mason apologists. That is not what I'm saying. That's not, not what we are saying yes. either. <laughs> but he's also not chief most on my list of complaints as I sit here on Monday afternoon. I, I just can't do it. He's a backup quarterback. That's one all. that all of us talk about how, yeah, he's not going to be on the roster next year. <laughs> I mean, like. That, that's my thing. If for him to come out and outplay a $100 million quarterback, a former franchise quarterback, or somebody that was viewed as a potential franchise quarterback. Quick, quick aside there. Yeah. I, buddy, I think I rate Sean McVay even more highly after what we've seen Jared Goff look like this no, season. No, but, but see, only the people that wanted to believe that Jared Goff was good. Anybody that has been following that situation, guys that have been able to be out there and hear McVay mm-hmm. on the microphone, mm-hmm. hey, they run in cover three right here. Look front side, throw it to the backside. Day. You can hear him telling him verbatim what to do. That's why when New England, when they say, okay, well, we're just going to make every defense look the exact same so McVay can't do anything, and then once those 15 seconds go by, now we're going to shift into what we really want to call, ever since that moment, well, uh, golf hasn't looked the same. Nope. And now when you take golf and you put him without that that life vest, he's drowning. But we've been saying this. We've been saying this. So my respect for McVay still doesn't change, man, because McVay has clearly been that guy. It's just golf had a lot of people fooled. <laughs> she did. <laughs> I wasn't going to be one of them. Including, though. I think, the Detroit Lions front office. Yeesh. I tell you, man, when, when people tell you facts like that, you listen to them. That's true. And who would have thought? The prize possession quarterback of that draft was yo boy Dak Prescott. Hey, man. And Moat's been trying to tell us. Hey, man. I'm just a facts guy. BPR tweets us and says if Mason makes that throw to McLeod wide open in the end zone instead of short hopping it, hopping it, there is no overtime. Agreed. Yeah. But he's not the only one who left plays out there on the field. Absolutely. There's plenty of guys on the defense that we can say if they made X, y, if they did X, Y, and Z if, here, this, if, there is no if, overtime. If, if X Deontay makes Johnson this doesn't tackle, fumble that football. If, if X makes this tackle on said touchdown run. We, I mean – any of the guys we could talk about, because there's multiple guys that missed tackles on said touchdown run. Mm-hmm. I know everybody points to one particular player because of, you know, his situation right now. But as a whole, it's been multiple guys <laughs> who were missing tackles. If they just make one of those tackles, we win the game, right? Maybe If we're going to go if, that if, route. If Kendrick Green has a better day snapping the ball. I mean, let's be honest, too. It looked, And again, I don't yeah. Both Arthur Motes and I, very clear with this, do not think Mason Rudolph is the guy long-term. We are not apologists here today. All we're saying is that he played well enough for those 60 minutes yesterday for the Steelers to win that game instead of tie it. But let's not also act like, and this is, I know I'm about to sound like a Mason apologist here, but it's it's the truth. Buddy, snaps over his head. There could have been two or three more of those if he wasn't athletic and he wasn't on his toes. He saved Kendrick Green's bacon a couple times, mm-hmm. too, with some nice one-handed snacks. Mm-hmm. Stuff that we can't take for granted because of how we saw the playoff game last Buddy, year. We've all got PTSD with As that I say, we saw that went last year, man, so we don't really have that type of luxury. I 
like again, there is there is plenty of blame to go around. Everyone's got the fixins on their plate to use more Thanksgiving references today. Like everyone's taking a big heap of of the blame and of culpability. Mason was not perfect. Heck no. But I thought he was good enough for the Steelers to win the game yesterday. I, I, most of you agree. There's there's some of you disagreeing on tweet on on Twitter. Most of you agree. Jason says Mason was not the problem. Drop passes, poor tackling, injuries, uh, throw in the injuries and weather, inability as well. to stop the run. What they have two two nineteen inability to stop two hundred two hundred nine or two nineteen on the ground. Too much. <laughs> too too much. How about much. that? You know. I agree. Like that's the part because like for I me. Just, when we, like, think about this. When we went into this game, we still speak of this defense very highly, right? This defense, uh, we, we have starting to change a little bit. Okay, because that to me, if we're gonna crit, if we're gonna go hard on Mason, <laughs> our expectations aren't high on Mason. Our expectations they, are high for this defense. They had two hundred and twenty nine yards rushing. That, like, to me, that 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 yeah yeah man. DeAndre Swift and I like DeAndre Swift. I, I don't like him like that. He now. had hundred and thirty yards. Best game of his career. I do not like that man like that, man. They broke off runs of 21, 42, and 28 Mm -hmm. against the Steelers' defense. This is accurate. Now, it's funny. We don't crush the backups on the Steelers' defense. Mm. Like, we crush the ones on offense. Mm. Again, there's not one person that I hold up today and say, uh, if they would have done better, they win this game. That, to me, is just seeking comfort. Yeah, sure, Mason could have been better. Najee could have been better. Deontay and Fryermuth certainly could have been better. Ray-Ray McLeod as well, too. The offensive line could have been better. Pretty much everyone on the defense except for Cam Hayward could have been better. He turned in another pretty great performance. Yeah, I, I was saying that. He yeah. turned in another he pretty guy. I freaking love that man. I he love did that what man. he does. Death, yes. taxes, Cameron Hayward. But, like, man, that's... That's what quite hot hap- that's that's what happens that's what needs to happen. It can't just moats. That's the thing. When you lo- when you I, I see there's number 1. There's number 1. When you lose to a team like the Lions, when you tie a team like the Lions, it can't just possibly be one person's fault. It's not. It it can't. Like when you're a 5 and 3 team that ties an 0 and 8 team at home, it it it's 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 too you you you're, you're too simplistic if you're trying to blame it on one person. I would agree, man. I would definitely agree. Frank says three reasons the Steelers lost. Passed the ball too much. I agree with that. 50 times for Mason, mm-hmm. and he's not making that decision. Uh, lack of tackling, 100%, and turnovers. I think, Frank, I think you nailed it there, buddy. But why are we so doom and gloom? They didn't lose. It's a, vic- it's a halfway <laughs> victory Monday. So let's talk about what they did positive. I continue to like the growth and progression of Najee Harris, man. Um even in a game where he isn't having a ton of room, where he isn't, you know, having the full gamut of offense with him, he still continues to be productive. I like that about him. You know, we had the foot concerns, but it was weird, right? As much as we're watching him, all I kept thinking to myself was like, man, why are we using him so much? I I get what we're doing, but, dude, can we just, just, just take, take, take a playoff of him, please? Just, just one. <sighs> but I digress. I digress. Oklahoma Zone tweets us and says, all three phases put up some stinkers. They absolutely did. And he said, Mason was good enough to win. Wes Euler was on a roll till he brought up Jeff Hostetler. Mm, mm, mm. 
But shout out to Joe Schobert, man. I thought that he flew around. I thought that he made a good amount of plays. Him, Alex Highsmith, and Cam, uh, Cam Hayward. I thought Alex yeah, Highsmith they been in trouble and Cam those Hayward, three yesterday. those dudes, man, they, they were all over the field. Flying around, I thought that Joe Manny played downhill. I liked, you know, just his patience and what he's and what he was seeing vision-wise. Now, even though Devin had the stats to go along in terms of the eight tackles, I was not as you know high on his performance. Man, I thought that he left a lot of plays out there to be made. But going back into the uh, into the, the the good though, Cam Hayward once again continuing to show for four quarters that. Man, he's, a, he's he's just unbelievable. It's different. And and I do like when TJ went down right at the what end of the third, beginning mm-hmm. of the fourth, you watch Cam Hayward and Alex Highsmith. Super Saiyan. Their play went up another that was level. One of, I thought one of the best games Alex Highsmith yes, has played as, 100%. as a 100%. As a rusher Some and the, as, as, a, uh, as a run stopper as well. I thought both of those guys, particularly, man. He's really developing in that. Yeah. And, 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 and you're right, like – in terms of stat sheet, in terms of splash plays, like we all remember he had the huge interception against the Ravens. Mm-hmm. He's had some big splash plays. But I thought just in terms of start to finish, that was his most solid game as a as a Steelers. Dude, think about this. You're talking about 11 total tackles from the edge position. It's impressive. That is a ton of productivity. Typically yeah. as an edge guy, man, if you're getting five, anywhere between five and seven tackles, you're you're pretty involved. Because most of the time, I mean, you're just not going to get as many runs directly at you. You might chase down a play on the backside, but once you do it once, they're going to block you after that. It's kind of what we see with TJ. TJ gets you one early, and then it's like, all right, they're not going to run that anymore. Right. Or they're going to run at him one or two times, he's going to make a tackle for a loss, they're not going to do it anymore. So to see him get 11 tackles in terms of Alex Highsmith, man, that is some serious yes. productivity from the perimeter, man. So yes, that was definitely is. good to see, man. And I also think that the secondary in terms of their coverage – I thought they played well also. Um, in terms of not giving up big plays, shout out to Joe Hayden. Could you say the throw was underthrown? Sure, but it's not on him to make the perfect throw. It's on him to defend it. So he did what he needed to do to defend it. Now, I hope, you know, from an injury front that is not too significant in terms of the foot that he's dealing with. But as a whole, I thought that, you know, the secondary played well. To me, man, I just we got to continue to improve our tackling. That That has to happen. That has to happen. <sighs> I agree. I tell you what, though, that, that Cam Hayward, he's he's high on my lists of reasons for joy. Mm-hmm. It's like, number one, my wife and my daughter. Number two, Cam Hayward. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's the list. Did you see the, him tweeting at Warren Sapp? Did you see that? I did not know. Uh-uh. So you know how on Sunday Night Football, they always do the promos for the game next week. Okay, right? yeah. Like They always do that stuff. They do the same thing on Monday Night Football. Hey, make sure you join us next week when we're in Chicago for whatever. <laughs> they did that last night on Sunday Night Football. They had a graphic up that said Steelers versus Chargers. You know, mm-hmm. coverage begins at 7 o'clock Eastern time or whatever it says. And uh, Cam Hayward is the Steelers graphic. Uh, Justin Herbert is the Chargers graphic. Okay. And Warren Sapp quote tweeted it and said, who's number 97? Bruh. And Cam Hayward tweeted back at him and just said, bet. Wow. I, I, I Come love on, that. Warren. You, I you, love that, man. Come on, Warren. You, you, you a little too involved to be, you know, not involved. Listen, to not all, know what's going on. You all know that I think Cam Hayward should be the defensive player of the year, but if he's not a first-team All-Pro at least. Like, bro, come on now. I'm grabbing my torch and my pitchfork. Sheesh. We still got to cancel NFL.com, but we'll get back to that later. When we return here, it's time to go into the classroom. Who better to break down the good, the bad, and the ugly? I think there'll be plenty of all three. 
In the Steelers' performance against the Lions yesterday, we will go into the classroom with Professor Motes. When we return on the other side, you know where to get at us on the Twitter.com. If you want to get involved, we'll get to more of your tweets as we roll along as well here on a, I don't know. It's not a victory Monday. It's not a commiseration Monday. It's a kiss your sister Monday. Uh, I don't know. That's what they say, you know, when you tie. Ties I've like never kissing. heard that's, that, man. Have you really never heard that? I have never heard that. I ain't gonna lie. When you searched, I was like, bro, I don't know if that's like a WVU thing. Oh, no, stop I really, I promise. I really didn't know, bro. I really didn't know. That's what you you know. So every time you said, I was it's like, from a movie. I, every time you said, I was like, I ain't never seen that movie. So that's what every time Hold you on. said, I'd be See, like, now, I'm gonna just be quiet. Now, now you got like, me. I don't know where we go with this. Kiss your sister thing. Like, here we go. I ain't never kissed my sister in the lips before. Here we like, go. Bro, it's kind of weird. Phrases, <laughs> phrases.org has the explanation for us here. I'm sure that's an ironclad source. Hold on. Give me one second. It's loading. Hold I feel on. like you Pull feel attacked right now. right now. You got to prove it, man. You'll have to prove it, man. You know, it's funny. You and Chris Carter, anytime there's something that you guys haven't heard of, you always go with the West Virginia jokes. Oh, I mean, I haven't lived in if, West Virginia you, if, since 2014. You know, it's all good if you would kiss your sister type of guy. That's cool, man. I, hey, man. Specifically, the quote is, a tie <laughs> is like kissing your sister. This is a sports cliche um, that has a very whole nine yards-ish like authorship. Okay. <laughs> you sound confused over there. <laughs> is that the, that the movie, Whole Nine Yards, I guess? That is a movie, Whole Nine Yards. I, so. I, I've... I might have heard of it. I've actually never heard of it. That's where but it I'll roll with it if that's what. But Arthur Motz, I promise you, you. Okay. I promise you, ties are like kissing your sister. <laughs> but I think that phrase has been along okay. around longer than we have. Yeah, because when you started saying, I promise you, I thought you was going to really be like, you know, because I've kissed my sister on the lips before. I know what it feels like. Oh, I was like, all right, see, I, I don't know. I, 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 you, you, see, you, see, you see what this guy is always doing here. You see what this guy is, is always doing here. <laughs> Unbelievable. I, it's like a peck or is it like a, a three-second in there? Now, like, see, here's something. The Tampa Bay Lightning even have an old article on this. Let's see what the Tampa Bay Lightning said. Let's see what the Tampa Bay Lightning said. Here we go. Hold on. That's a pretty good source, right? Oh, That's a pretty good source. Here we go. Hold on. Origin of kissing your sister after a tie. <laughs> Yo. Uh, it's been cited in print back to 1890s. <gasps> Ah, people used to say during Prohibition that uh, drinks without alcohol were like kissing your sister. Mm. It was also said that drinking tea or coffee without caffeine was like drinking your sister. Drink it, oh Lord. In college football, it's an old saying after a tie game from Navy Assistant Director of Athletics, Edgar E. Rip Miller, who once said famously after uh, Navy tied Kentucky in 1946 that it was like kissing your sister. That sounds Boom, like something. Arthur Mutz. So it's the no, no, Navy, no. It, not it, the Mountaineers. So, so you ready? <laughs> I ain't good. I don't want to get canceled today. So I'm going to just leave that to myself. <laughs> this is a family show. <laughs> but shout out to the Marines. <laughs> we will leave that to us. We'll take your tweets. We'll yeah. get the more of your reactions. Arthur Motes in the classroom with the professor next. It's the Steelers Blitz on SNR. <laughs>